ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. So this is episode three in a four-part grouping, I guess, of my reading challenge for 2021. So these episodes are staggered out through each quarter. Um, So you can go back and find part one and part two of my reading challenge. But in each part, I kind of reflect on the past three months and talk about the books that I have read in the last quarter. So if you're just now jumping in and you haven't heard me talk at all in my other episodes about the reading challenge, let me just catch you up really quickly. So I love to read. Um, I have had moments throughout my really childhood, especially teen years, college years, and even into my married and adult life where I have just been super in love with books and then things got busy and then I just was back in love with books, and it's kind of been an ebb and flow. But in the past couple years, um, I've really been challenging myself to read more and to really set some very specific goals for my reading. And this year, 2021, I set the biggest goal that I have ever set for my reading challenge, which was to read 40 books. So if you're listening and you're like, how on earth do you read that much? You might want to go back and listen to part one of my reading challenge, which would have came out in like, I guess, early April. Um, I share some tips in there of how I read so much. But my biggest tip is if you have a really big goal, you need to break it down into smaller bite-sized pieces that can actually be accomplished. So my bite-sized goal to end up at finishing the year with 40 books is to read a chapter a day. So most of my books are like 10 to 12-ish chapters, which means that I can easily finish two to three books a month. And a chapter doesn't take me long. Everybody has 10 or 15 minutes to spare. How do I know that? Because we spend at least 10 or 15 minutes a day on social media. So it really just depends on what's important to you. Um, If reading's important to you, I almost guarantee that you can find some chunk of time to slip it into your day. And you know, it might not look like mine. Your goal may not look like mine. Maybe your goal is one book a year. Hey, go for it. That is a worthy goal. Everybody's goal is going to be different. Everybody's time is different and everybody's desires are different. And that's okay. That's how God made us. Um, you know, I actually follow some people whose reading goal is like double, if not triple what mine is. And I'm sitting here like, how on earth? Because I know that there have been times where I'm like, I'm not going to hit it. I'm not going to hit it. Um, But newsflash, I did hit it actually in at the end of quarter three. I did hit my goal for the year, which was 40 books. And I really don't know how that happened because life has just been a little bit crazy in the past two months. And I've kind of fallen off, fallen off some of my like reading love. But I, it just, it happens that way throughout my year. I just really get engrossed in reading. I read, 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 read. And then I have like a month where I just like, I only read one book this month. Um, so it kind of tends to ebb and flow. But it, it's been a great quarter. I've read some awesome books. I'm working on my lineup for the end of the year, trying to think through what books I want to finish. And there are so many good books out there um, that I'm, I'm very 
I just try to be very purposeful about what books I invest my time in just because there are so many that I want to read and there's only so much of me and there's only so much time. So most of, like all of my recommendations this year, I don't think I've read any like fiction, just story books. And again, that's not for everybody. Maybe, maybe that's what you love to read. I, I actually, I really love fiction. Like, oh man, there's nothing like a book that keeps you up till 4am and you you know, feel like you just sat down. But I just really am trying to invest in myself, in some personal growth And so that just called for a lot of nonfiction books. Um, So I'll share through this list with you all. Um, But yeah, just some really, really good books that I will list. I share all of these on my Instagram. I actually have a story highlight that has a picture of all the books with my star rating. Um, I always post a blog, um, a blog post that corresponds with this reading challenge update that has the links for all the books, my review, my star rating, all of that to use as a reference. Um, Also, if you're not aware, I have started sending out a no no higher calling weekly email. And one part of that email is a weekly book recommendation. So it's usually what I'm currently reading. Um, I've been a little bit busy recently and haven't gotten through one book a week. So I've been pulling from the archives a little bit, some books that I've really enjoyed. But that's another really great way. Um, if you're looking for book recommendations to keep up with that, if you're interested in subscribing to that weekly email, you can do so on my website, which is nohighercalling.org. Scroll to the scroll to the bottom of the main page and you'll see a little place where you can put in your email and subscribe. So if you're interested in that, feel free to do that. Those are just a couple different ways that you can keep up with me and keep up with what I'm reading. But without further ado, I am going to go through these. I believe I have 13 books that I need to review in this episode. My reading challenge part two episode is the longest episode that I have ever recorded. Simeon's like, don't ever do that again. (laughs) He's my editor. So we're going to just jump in. I'm just going to kind of give a brief my personal review on it because you can look up these books and get the Amazon review and all of that. But just a little bit of kind of some personal thoughts on each book, what I would rate the book, um, and we'll just breeze through these. So the first one to start off with a good debatable book <laughs> would be, um, so book number 27 for this year, for 2021, I started off this quarter, book 27, was called Vaccines, Autoimmunity, and the Changing Nature of Childhood Illness by Thomas Cowan. So this was a four star. Um, to be honest, a good portion of this book was like way over my head. I'm kind of new to researching about vaccines, about health. Um, really, since 2020, Simeon and I have really been praying through some different things in our home, um, really asking God what his plan for our family is in some different areas as we try to be wise stewards of our health. Um, and so that's kind of led us into some different research. Not going to tell you where we've landed on different things because we still aren't really sure where we've landed. But It has challenged us to learn and do research, which I really think that every single person should do. Um, All that to say, this book had a lot of information that I wasn't able to digest just because it was 
very intellectual, but there were pieces that I was able to glean from this. And and it was good. Um, It talked a lot about how like big pharma and government have kind of mandated things as safe and essential. Um, but sometimes the more that we kind of get to know the body, the more that we look at the body, the more that we realize how God created us with our immune system and defenses against illness, that maybe modern medicine um, and, and I'm thankful for modern medicine. I am thankful. Do not get me wrong, but maybe it's intervened in a little, a little too much and it's caused its own set of problems. So you could agree with me on that. You could totally disagree with me on that. Either way, please keep listening because that's the only book about vaccines that I read, um, in this quarter, really in this year, but it was, it was very, um, thought provoking. And so it really encouraged us, really on both sides of the argument, to do some more research and to just continue to learn and pray through what the best decisions are for our family. So that that was a good book. If that's something that interests you, if you are wanting to learn more, um, it, it came highly recommended. I just wasn't really smart enough to digest it all, but I got bits and pieces. The next book, oh my goodness, number 28 was Respectable Sins by Jerry Bridges. This was five stars. Wow. Wow. This was such a powerful book. If you read this, be prepared to be convicted. So the author addresses sins that we've come to see as respectable in light of the gross sins that are being championed in our world today. The truth, though, is that God says that all sin is sin, not just the blatantly evil sins. Um, So we see so much in our culture and society today that we quickly deem as just these horrible sins. But there are other things that God calls sin that we just gloss over because it's culturally acceptable or it's just not as bad as. Um, but, But sin is sin. So this book talks about issues such as ungodliness, anxiety, pride, impatience, anger, uh, judgmentalism. Those are just a few that are dealt with. Personally, I think every Christian should read this book. It really gives us a glimpse of sin as God sees it. There are no little sins and all sin is an affront on the very nature of God. So having this perspective of ch- sin really changes our heart, atti- towards, heart attitude, not only towards sin, but also for Christ's atonement for our sin. So it really just made me realize the miraculous gift of salvation in a whole new depth as I realized that it was my discontentment. It was my complaining. It was my grumbling. It was my things that I excuse away as, oh, well, this just isn't a terrible, horrible sin. No, it was the little things and the big things in our eyes. Like I said, sin is sin in God's eyes, but it it all nailed Christ to the cross. My selfishness, my choosing me over choosing serving my husband, my having my way over choosing God's way, my gossiping tongue, those were the reasons that Christ was nailed to the cross and bled and died for my sins but for the sins that I might even deem as respectable sins. So that that was just a powerful, powerful read. I highly encourage you to read that book. But again, be prepared. You'll, you'll, if you don't end it with conviction, then you might want to read it again. You missed something because it's just, it's, it's very eye-opening and very challenging. Um, book 29 was A Sane Woman's Guide to Raising a Large Family by Mary Austin. So this was a four-star review. This was a super practical read and very helpful for really any mom that wants to have a large family. We 
We would love to have a large family if God sees fit. My definition of large and Simeon's definition of large are very different. So we'll see where God lands us. Um, But, you know, some people think, hey, you have three kids. It's a large family. So it's just, you know, to each his own. Um, But, you know, having your hands full doesn't mean that you are crazy or that you live in a circus. You know, the fuller our hands, the fuller our heart. So this lady, I can't remember how many kids she has. I can't believe I didn't write this in my review. I'm trying to think. Does she have like 10? Maybe? I can't remember. But she she has a lot. She has a lot. Like a lot by many people's standards. But she covers topics such as finances, space, vacations, education, relationships. All of these are addressed um, by a mom who has a large family, who has um, a Christ-like spirit, a desire to glorify God with their family, and just packed with helpful tips of, you know, just, just real ways that it works for them and it doesn't just work like they actually love being a big family. So that was a neat read. Um, book number 30 was Motherhood, Murder, and Miraculous Grace by Deborah Mork. Five stars. So this book was recommended over and over and over And I thought, what a weird book, Motherhood, Murder, and Miraculous Grace. Like, what on earth? But I got it on an audiobook, and I listened to almost all eight hours of it straight because we were driving to Florida. And (laughs) it was my read aloud while we were on the road. But, oh my, I didn't want to stop. Like, I was like, Simeon, don't stop for gas. Like, I don't want to have to get out and take the kid's body. I want to keep listening to this. But it was riveting. So Deborah Mork um, wore many hats, but one was that she was a foster mom and her and her husband actually fostered 140 children. So not all at once, but through the years, 140 children that they fostered. So this book tells the story of one of the foster families that became intertwined with the Mork's lives forever. The story begins with brokenness, moves on to tragedy, but it ends with grace and forgiveness that is only explained by Christ. So I don't really want to give any more than that just because go read it. You will be so glad you did. Um, you'll cry, but it's, it's a powerful, powerful book. And this woman's testimony, it's a true, true story. This woman's testimony of trying to love like God loves when human flesh screams no is just really moving. Um, so loved that book. Uh, number 31, Why Motherhood Matters by September McCarthy. This was five stars. Love this quote. There is no greater gift to give your children than to hide God's word in their hearts. So the author shares her journey of sorrow and joy that led her to hold the title of mom. Um, she lost babies. She tragically, tragically lost some of her babies. Um, but through it all, she shares her experience and she tells different reasons why motherhood matters. So the mundane can cloud our thoughts of motherhood. Often we wonder if just all the little things that we're doing, you know, shuffling kids around all the meals, all the chores, if it's making a significant impact for eternity. But she just speaks about how our work has depth and every moment we are serving our husband and our children is the exact work that God has called us to do. She delves into many aspects of motherhood and challenges um, and the challenges that we face, revealing that all of it matters as we seek to love and serve our families. That was a really encouraging read. Uh, book number 32, Joy in the Chaos by Stacy Lohren. 
Um, so this was a five star. This was a really short little booklet, but it was really, really good. So it's a homeschool book. So Stacy really does a good job at shifting the focus from chaos and mess and all of the just overwhelm of being a homeschool mom. So there are a lot of aspects of home education that can kind of cause overwhelm. Sometimes even the very decision to be a homeschool family immediately brings these feelings of what on earth am I doing? Um, but this was a really encouraging read. So she really helps the reader keep your eyes on the prize to trust God's guidance and be all in ready to love learning alongside your kids. This quote was great. The longer I homeschooled my children, the more convinced I am that I can do nothing on my own accord. Each day has me relying on God more than the day before. He led me to homeschooling, not because I have what it takes or can do it on my own, but precisely because I can't. He led me to homeschooling so that I might recognize my need for him each day. He has placed me on this path so that his name would be glorified, not mine. Homeschooling has served as a sanctification process over the years. I loved that idea of it being a sanctifying process because I've seen that in my own homeschool journey. We're not very far down the road. Um, we've done preschool. We did K-4 with Eden and we just finished up kindergarten with her. Um, but I've seen that in, in our own homeschool journey, how I it's not having all the Pinterest perfect crafts and all the snacks that go along with our, you know, theme and just everything just perfectly laid out and designed and beautiful, you know, the perfect homeschool room. It's not that. It's me doing my best, loving well, investing all of me, but really just leaving the results to God and saying, hey, you're going to have to meet me here because I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to give you my best. And we're just my best, my human best. And my heart completely dependent on Christ. I'm excited to see in 20 years where my kids will end up as we go through this homeschooling journey. Um, so that was a really good short little read for a homeschool mom, but super encouraging. Number 33, The Period Repair Manual by Laura Bryden. Ladies, this was a five star. Wow. So this one also was highly recommended, not directly to me, but just many people reading it were like, if you're a woman, you must read this book. So I was like, okay, I'm a woman, I'll read the book. <laughs> wow. So it, I think it was over 300 pages. Might be the longest book I've read this year, but it did not feel like that. Like I flew through this book. It is crazy that a book that's written about the female hormones and cycles and periods and all of that could be so interesting, but the author writes it in such an interesting way. And maybe it's just something that my mind has already been kind of like intrigued upon. But this, wow, you please, please take my suggestion and read this book. Um, especially if you struggle with any period-related issues. So I'm not just talking about endometriosis or PCOS. I'm talking about if you have PMS or different things, read this book. Um, really, probably some of my initial like interest into this topic all began with the view that Simeon and I came to hold on birth control, on the birth control pill. Um, we did an episode on that. If you want to go back in the archives and look, it's, I can't remember what number, but it's truth lies in the birth control pill. Now in that episode, 
we really only give our moral reason for no longer using the birth control pill. But even since recording that episode, I have come to learn so much more about all of the medical and health reasons why I would never take the birth control pill again. Um, again, obviously moral reasons, I wouldn't do it, but if, if all the moral reasons were removed and that isn't an issue for you, for your own health, I would never take it. Um, and this book really goes into why. So she, um, she's more of a naturally minded doctor. Now I don't say that in that she's like super crunchy or holistic. Um, she, she uses medicine. She is thankful for medicine, but she really presents, um, certain, certain, um, like, like the pill, the, the hormonal effects that it has on the female body and the reproductive system. Um, she addresses different treatments of these really more common these days, um, period issues and talks about how really it's probably not the best forms of treatment. And she gives some options for more natural, more, um, more, treatments that are more focused on actually healing the issue instead of band-aiding the symptoms. So that was super eye-opening for me. Um, She talks about what a healthy cycle is, what a healthy cycle is not. She gives advice on conventional methods to correct period issues as well as natural supplements, life changes. Um, So, you know, and, and she talks about how so many times the, the, general answer for women's health issues is hormonal birth control. You have acne, take hormonal birth control. When I was a teenager, um, I was having weight issues, which was causing some irregularity in my periods. Oh, well, get on the birth control pill. And she just talks about how that is not, (laughs) that is not the answer. Um, So it, it was just so amazing to me to really delve deep into the fact that our bodies are amazing. God has designed us amazing, especially as women. The intricate workings of of our hormones, these things that we hear about that we're like, oh, you know, depending on your stage of life, you know, maybe you're just hitting puberty and you're like, oh my goodness, estrogen, progesterone, you know, all these different things. Or maybe you're in menopause and you're like, oh my goodness, don't I don't even want to hear those words. It's just driving, you know, wreaking havoc on my body. Well, she does talk about menopause in there. It was very interesting. Tucked that away for future years. But um, she really just talks about how we, she didn't really take it from a Christian perspective, but me reading everything through a biblical lens, I took it as God has created us exactly how he wanted us to be. Our bodies are amazing because they are designed by an amazing creator. And when we accept man's attempt to try to synthesize and control and mimic what God has created, it is doing more harm than it is good. So I can't say enough good stuff about this book. Read this book. I have already put it in my arsenal that when my girls start getting older and closer to the puberty years, I want to read through it again. And I really want to help them learn and understand how their body works, why they have the body parts that they have and how they're supposed to function. And what are things that we can do to, to promote health and to promote a healthy reproductive system. You know, I, I could just get off on a tangent here and now it's not the time, but I'm going to give a little sneak peek of my tangent because one day it's coming. You know, I am almost 30 
and am just now learning how my body works. You want to know something insane? I had two babies and I didn't even understand how all the workings of the female body. And I still don't understand all of the workings, but I have been much more intentional about learning how God made me and why God made me that way. You know, Ivy's birth, I've shared this before in other episodes, Ivy's birth was a pivotal moment in my life where I had some midwives that really educated me and all of a sudden made me realize, like, I don't have to have a PhD to understand how God created me. And uh, so I've just been on this pursuit of of really learning, you know, how, how God made us as women, why God made us that way, what, you know... What does the reproductive cycle look like? And and why do you have it? And why are these hormones important? And, you know, what changes when you have a baby? And what changes after? And how can we support our body to be as healthy as it can be with the desire to fulfill all that God has for us? You know, if I'm crippled by unhealthiness, by issues, by things that limit me, then I will not be able to serve God to my fullest potential. And, you know, I, I understand. I'm not saying that if, if you have one of these period issues that, you know, you're you're not reaching your full potential or, you know, things like that. But for me personally, I just feel a, a responsibility to learn all that I can and try to help support my body to be as healthy as it can to to do what God's called me to do. And, you know, some people... God has called them to live a very limited lifestyle and to deal with chronic illness, to deal with diseases, to deal with infertility. Um, and, and that is the way that he has chosen to receive most glory from their life. But from my life, God has given me children. God has given me children in quick succession. But that also means that I have a responsibility of the stewardship of my own body. I need to learn how to take care of of the body that he's given me having these babies back to back. So sorry, didn't mean to get off on all of that, but really good book. Also want to throw in here, um, if this interests you, and especially as I'm talking about helping your like, you know, middle school teenage girls, another book that has come highly recommended to me that I bought, but man, if I thought the period repair manual was long, this one, whoo, it's really big, so it'll be a work in progress, but it's called Taking Charge of Your Fertility, and I can't remember who it's by, but that's another one that, so this period repair manual really delves into period-related things. Taking Charge of Your Fertility goes much more into fertility, obviously, um, but those are two that I, I really think that I want to digest the information, learn it for myself, but also use as I help and teach my girls. Um, All right, moving right along. So book number 34, Becoming Elizabeth Elliot by Ellen Vaughn. Five stars. Oh, I could get bogged down here too, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to keep going. I have been captivated by the life of Elizabeth Elliot, but most of what I've read and heard kind of up until this point has really been from her later years. So the years when she was really known as a hero of the faith. This book goes all the way back to her childhood and forward. So it was so neat to kind of, I listened to an audiobook, so it was really neat to hear 
like her teenage years and her college years and just to see the contrast in the person that she ended life as and the person that she started life as not that the person that she started life as was was bad or anything it just there there was so much maturity and growth that god would do throughout the life of elizabeth elliot it was also funny just the time in which she lived, you know, and have different quotes from her in her younger days and everything was just groovy and out of this world. And so it was just, it was fun. I I laughed as I saw Elizabeth Elliot in a little bit of a different perspective. Um, But just so much of her story either had me laughing or just had me in tears, Um, you know, as she waited and waited to marry her true love, Jim, and they were finally married, went to the mission field, and then just her devastating loss of him so early in their marriage when they had so many hopes and dreams of the future together. Um, But she had this quote. It said, God never withholds from his child that which his love and wisdom call good. God's refusals are always merciful, severe mercies at times, but mercies all the same. God never denies us our heart's desire except to give us something better. I'm not really even going to add anything there because I couldn't say anything better than she did. That, I've come back to that over and over and over. Um, You know, God used that in my own heart when we lost our baby it's just been a powerful quote that has encouraged me and and convicted me and just challenged me like so many of Elizabeth Elliot's quotes do. But if, if you're not familiar with Elizabeth Elliot, pick up anything by her. It'll be great. But this one was just really good like framework for giving me a snapshot of her life. And then it set up a good ground to really launch into more of her writings, knowing the story behind it. Uh, Book number 35 is God's Missionary by Amy Carmichael. This is another five stars. So Amy Carmichael is actually Elizabeth Elliot's like hero of the faith. So this was a really short book, but it was just super powerful. Um, It doesn't take long reading Amy Carmichael's writings to see her deep love for Christ and her reckless abandon to serve him with all of her heart, body, and soul. Um, This book, she writes a lot about foreign missions. She speaks of the importance of being disentangled from the world and having our eyes fixed on the cross. She says the quote, God hold us to that which drew us first when the cross was the attraction and we wanted nothing else. Um, I've just really been musing over that thought of the cross as the attraction when nothing else attracted me but the cross and really how far we fall away from that as time goes, but really how we should just always be near the cross. Um, so that was a good one. Number 36, Treasuring Christ When Your Hands Are Full by Gloria Furman. So this was a four star. It was a really good book. I struggled with what star rating to give. I've read a lot of books on motherhood and this was not one of my like top favorites. That's why I gave it a four star, but it was good. And this quote she said was just awesome. She said, the highest aim of womanhood is not motherhood. The highest aim of womanhood is being conformed to the image of Christ. And that was just, that was powerful to me um, because I do think so often we don't see conforming to Christ's image as the highest aim that we could have as women. Um, But it just, this was really, really good. Another convicting quote was, when your eyes are fixed on the horizon of eternity, it it affects your vision for motherhood. We need to have eyes to see a view of God that is so big and so glorious that it transforms our perspective of motherhood. We need to see our mundane moments for what they really are, worship. 
And I just did an episode on that. And some of those thoughts came out of that book. Um, So number 37. Oh, man, I could get bogged down here, too. But we're going to try to push through. She Laughs Without Fear by Jamie Balmay. This was five stars. So I've been following Jamie for a while. She has a podcast, Finding Joy in Your Home. Really, Finding Joy in Your Home is its own, like, huge well, huge. It, it's growing ministry of so many different resources and the podcast and just different things that um, her and her husband have. I don't agree with them on everything, but most stuff, especially about homemaking and being a wife and a mom, super solid. We, in some ways, like our thinking aligns very, very closely. And this book was one of them. Um, other things, doesn't really align at all. But I loved what she had to say in this book. And I'm thankful for for her and just for the messages that she's spoken that have really challenged me in my uh, marriage and motherhood. But this book was really, really, really good. So if, if I'm going to recommend this, I would also recommend coupling this with a book that I read earlier in the year that I shared about, which is Even Exile by Rebe- Rebecca Merkel. Um, Jamie even quotes Rebecca Merkel uh, several times in her book, but the heartbeat of both of those books is the same heartbeat, and it is my heartbeat on homemaking and womanhood as a biblical womanhood as God designed it. Um, but but this was just so good. So Jamie takes a really deep dive into really the book of Proverbs as a whole. And then she talks about the difference between wisdom and foolishness, and then she dives into the Proverbs 31 woman. So Obviously, there are many, many things that we can learn from the example of this wise woman. So she outlines different chapters. Um, There's the wise wife, the diligent worker, the industrious and joyful woman, the generous server, the wise steward, the fruitful life, and the heart that trusts in God and the life well lived um, are the different chapters in here. I want to share a couple different quotes with you from this book because it just, it speaks for itself. Jamie says, we have to first understand that the epitome of wisdom is living for God and crafting a life that brings glory to God. There is no wisdom apart from God and no true joy in life apart from his ways. Another quote, for the wise woman, it is making her home a place to worship the Lord, making her home a place of peace and joy, making her home a refuge from this world, and making her home as a training ground for her children who will shortly be out in that world and making homes of their own. Another quote, why I think the woman in the home has a fantastic ability to help set the tone in her home in a positive way. I think she has an even bigger ability to tear down her home with ungodly and grumpy attitudes. That was a challenging one to read. Uh, This one too, I love this. She says, hard doesn't mean bad. It's not the same thing. Beautiful, wonderful, and amazing things can come out of the hardest things in life. However, in our culture, we flee from anything that even hits it hard. And in doing so, we miss out on so many wonderful things in life. If we take a step back and look at the things in life that are worthy, they probably all took a lot of hard work and practice and patience to get there. Um, And then the last quote. When talking about the Proverbs 31 woman, it says she certainly does not know what the future will hold. No amount of wisdom reveals that to her or to anyone. She is unafraid because she trusts in the Lord. I loved that quote. And um, she uses a different version, a different Bible version for this. So I'm, you know, I'm KJV only. 
that's why her title is She Laughs Without Fear. I, I believe that that's actually taken from the ESV version. But the, the quote that I just gave ties into that thought. So in the KJV, it says that she shall rejoice in time to come. But that's really kind of where that quote was birthed from, is from the truth found in that verse. But I thought that was such a powerful quote, especially as women living in the day and age that we're living in. We don't know what the future is going to hold. Um, no amount of wisdom that we can attain is going to help us with that. But the reason that the Proverbs 31 woman could face the future unafraid is because her heart trusted in the Lord. So definitely recommend that one. Number 38, three more ladies. Number 38, The Life-Giving Parent by Clay and Sally Clarkson. So I gave this one four stars. I love everything that I've read by Sally Clarkson. This one had a very different feel because the majority of the book was written by her husband, Clay. Um, I also have read some other things by Clay Clarkson. It's just such a different feel from Sally that it it came across as harsh, I guess, maybe, for lack of a better word, coming to mind at the beginning. So this is actually like in a trilogy. There's um, The Life-Giving Table, The Life-Giving Home, which both of those I read, I think both of those I read earlier this year or last year. And then this last one is The Life-Giving Parent. And I think that the tone of the book was just so different from the life-giving home and the life-giving table that it kind of jolted me at first. Clay is very theological, um, very much into like the Greek and the Hebrew and the history and the rituals of the Israelites. So that was just more than I was expecting. But I wound up loving the book the more that I got into it. They gave some really practical insight, um, really, as always. Their, their ministry has been so encouraging in talking about being a Christian parent, um, just pursuing Christ and being the parent that he wants us to be. They address things like guarding your child's heart, strengthening your child's faith, cultivating your child's character, forming your child's imagination. Um, they just really give some solid biblical wisdom on how to accomplish those goals. Clay said that childhood is a specific stage of life during which, by God's design, you have open access to your child's heart. Um, and, and Simeon and I have talked about that before on this podcast, especially when our kids are little. Um, you know, we have such an open door and we don't want to miss that. We really want to invest truth into them. And the Clarksons are just wholeheartedly invested into planting those seeds of truth. So it was just a really encouraging, just continue to be pushed in the right direction. Um, book number 39 is Refuge by Leanne Brown. This was five stars. So a friend actually let me borrow this book. And it, it was really, really good. It was a true story. Um, it follows the life of a little German girl who lived through the horrific events of World War II. So at the beginning of the war, the Germans had been conditioned to believe that Hitler was their savior. He was going to conquer the world and take perfect care of his people. But as the war waged on, Hitler's true nature was seen. This left the Germans reeling and suffering more than we could imagine. Uh, Leanne, the oldest of four children, helped her mother and siblings survive during this nightmare, facing days of hunger, brutality, and fear were everyday occurrences. Through it all, their faith in Jesus Christ kept them strong. It was amazing to read how time and time again God protected them from harm, molestation, and death. After 16 months of terror, they would be reunited with her father and experience freedom once again. So if, if some of this sounds like I'm reading it, I am. I'm referencing my blog for my notes. Um, but it, it, it was 
difficult to read because the horrific things that these people went through, I just would make you sick. I mean, I, I just can't imagine living my life through some of those things, especially as a mom raising my kids through some of those things. But their faith was unshaken and they did reach freedom. And really it made me appreciate the freedom that I have enjoyed, that my family has enjoyed, the comfort that I've been able to be a mom in. And it really challenged me and kind of boiled my blood to make me want to fight for that freedom. Because one of my favorite quotes uh, by Ronald Reagan, he just talks about how freedom has to be fought for in every generation. And we're seeing that now. We're seeing the war that is waging on freedom. And man, when you read an account of a person who has not had that freedom, all of a sudden you realize, wow, what a blessing we've been given in this land. Um, So that was a good book. And then the last one, book 40, is Thou God Seest Me. This was actually written by multiple authors. This was put out by Christian Womanhood. Um, I was going to say it's a ministry of a certain church and school, but I'm not 100% sure, so I'm not going to say that. But um, several different pastors' wives and evangelists' wives kind of all compiled, you know, they each did a glimpse at one different woman of the Bible and compiled all of their writings into this one book, Thou God Seest Me. And I always love studying about the women of the Bible. Um, but this one took a deeper look at the lives of 10 different women. Um, and, and it was really, you know, I feel like every time I study women of the Bible, each time I get a different perspective on it, like, a lot of it could be the same content, but there's everybody just gets a little bit of a different nugget. And so it was really interesting to kind of think through some of these different Bible characters, some that I knew much in, about and others that I really wasn't that familiar with. Um, the most thought-provoking character that I read about um, was Bathsheba. It really kind of had me mulling over the story and digging into the scripture and thinking through um, her life and what all she faced. Um, the most challenging one was Jochebed. As a mom, like her testimony just speaks volumes to me. Um, I I need to wrap up this episode, so I'm not going to go into that deep. Maybe I'll talk more of that in the future. Um, but the least known one that it talked about was Jephthah's daughter. So this comes from Judges 11, I believe. So you might want to look up that story and read it. It's a very, very strange story, um, but they brought out some really powerful truths about this girl and her humble submission, um, even to possibly her father's foolishness, um, just her humble submission to keep vows that were made to God. And that's something that is just lacking so much, especially in our culture, is just the importance of a vow. Um, so anyway, lots of really good books that I read. Maybe one interested you. Or... So anyway, lots of good books this quarter. Maybe one of those was intriguing to you and you want to try to pick it up. Uh, as always, I would challenge you, read more. If you don't read at all, just pick up a book and start. If you're reading a lot, keep reading and go on to the next one. There's just, there's so much, so much wisdom out there that God has given to others. 
and that we can glean as we just continue to try to learn and grow. Um, so hopefully these were interesting to you. I'd love to hear what you're reading. Feel free to to comment, to share this episode, to message me on social media, to send me an email. Um, I love hearing back from you. So I'd love to know what you're reading or maybe if you read one of these and what your thoughts on it were, please let me know. Um, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram at no higher calling underscore. You can find my Facebook page at no higher calling. You can view my website at nohighercalling.org. Um, those are the three main ways to follow me. You can subscribe to my weekly email, which I talked about. Um, just many different ways to keep up with all that's happening with, um, no higher calling. So thank you so much for joining me, ladies. I look to join, I look forward to joining you next week. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.